How are you making out with that little blonde chippy? How come I've always got the chippies and you're always with the princess? Well, that's a question only you can answer. This man's phenomenal. Put him in a room full of women, and he goes to the poorest and the dumbest every single time. <laughs> the man's astounding. His wife parades half naked on the beach, and he thinks she's just there for the sun. My wife does not need other men. You know what they say about sexual vanity in men over 40? It's a first sign of senility. Please try to keep your envy in check. Ooh, envy? <laughs> He's my protege. I taught him all I know. Together with the token, might get me on a subway. <laughs> you can only take a guy so far. Then it's a question of biology. Biology is destiny. Ah, the old philosopher. <laughs> you see, there are two kinds of people in this world. The workers and the hustlers. The hustlers never work and the workers never hustle. And you, my friend, are a worker. God knows I've tried to beat that instinct out of him, but it's there ingrained in your immigrant blood. Look how tasty your cocktails are. Look how clean you keep your bar. Why, man, you actually take pride in your work. I do not. Is he or isn't he a great bartender? Of the best, yeah. See, they love you. Listen, Bozo, if you think I'm stuck in this gig... Face it, you're a career proletarian. You've been standing in a puddle so long, you've got webbed feet. <laughs> Just because he gets lucky with a rich chick. Lucky, he says. Well, you couldn't do it. I've known this man for three years, and believe me, he's not a closer. This place is crawling with moneyed females. Case in point, rich and ripe, and out of your league. Out of my league? Hmm? Well, she just happened to be here checking me out the other night. Maybe she had 15 minutes to kill. <laughs> you know what it'd take to make a score on a smart woman like that? You'd have to get over on her, her managers, her lawyers, her trustees, her maid, and her tennis coach. <laughs> I've been training for this my whole life. Well, 50 bucks says you don't even make it over the bar. Gentlemen, that's a bet. You guys are in on this. Be cool. Yeah. Mademoiselle. Like on the rocks with a squeeze of lime. Oh, no, no. This is the tropics. Please try a jeu de mort. Pardon me? A jeu de mort means juice of love. It's made with fresh fruit right off the vine. Trust me when I tell you that it is nothing short of spectacular. Excuse me, do I have fuck me written on my forehead? <laughs> I can't see a thing without my contacts. You're just full of confidence, aren't you? Yeah. Kind of makes you curious, don't it? Mighty Casey has struck out. Don't. Game's not over yet. Wouldn't be any fun if they fell over with their legs in the air now, would it? <laughs> Bartender. Good evening, everybody. Dave Dreskow Podcast. Uh, beautiful week in the middle of July. Here we 
are to another emergency podcast. I'm doing it on a Sunday, beautiful Sunday afternoon. Because I don't know what's happening this week. There's a lot going on. I'm not my chippy self today, and I will tell you why in 20 seconds. Here we go. Dave, why are you doing a podcast on Sunday? What's happening? Usually when you do one Sunday, you either a special treat, you're doing a remote podcast, or something's wrong, or you've got big plans for the week. Well, I don't know. Something's wrong. And uh, I've been telling you something's wrong uh, with me for a while, just, you know, just um, out of sorts in my head. But uh, Selena is sick, and it's been bothering me. Something's wrong. She's not eating. You know, whether you uh, like cats or hate cats or think they're gay, whatever, she's my cat, and I've known her for a long time, and something's wrong. She's not eating. She's not drinking. My sister says she's dying. I'm trying to buck up and have a good feeling about it, but I am sitting here over the weekend with her and uh, not feeling too good about it. But today, it's a beautiful day outside. The sun is shining, like they say in Crimes and Misdemeanors, and I'm going to take her to the vet tomorrow, and... I don't know what's going to happen. She is 14. These things happen with cats. I wasn't this amenable and okay with it yesterday, but um, today I'm feeling a little better, and I just don't know what the rest of the week is going to bring. So I thought, I mean, I, I don't know. Is your cat dying a, a good enough reason not to do a podcast? Maybe. It's a little gay, but I know somebody else dying maybe, but I like to bring you the goods. Uh, you know, plus, uh, as you know, the podcast usually cheers me up. So I was like not doing anything the whole day. Yesterday was a complete waste. And today I wasn't doing anything. I just came all coffee back up from the diner with my friend Michelle. And everybody's been trying to pick me up. And I just had a nice long conversation with Sarah Silverman. And that, uh, you know, sometimes we have these nice long conversations because we don't see each other as much as we'd like to because we live on two different coasts. So. I was feeling pretty good, and I'm like, you know what, why don't I just do a podcast now, because I'm trying to go out with this doctor I've been trying to make plans with, but she's very busy. She's like a serious doctor, so it's very difficult to make plans with an ER doctor, and I've been trying to go out with her, and she might be free Wednesday, and I said, well, Wednesday, you should do my podcast, but if that's the only day you're free, then so be it. I don't know. I was supposed to see her Monday, then Monday I was supposed to go to work, I had all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. It all comes down to Selena. And how I feel about Selena, I've been kind of crying a little bit. I'm having trouble talking about it. But today, like I said, I'm doing the podcast in the bedroom. I'm feeling pretty good. Um, she seems to be doing okay, but she's not eating or drinking. So that's that's the worst sign there is. And my sister's like, oh, you got to prepare yourself. I'm like, shut up. You know, I've been yelling at anybody that tells me that. But that's the truth of the matter. Also, I got kind of picked up today because... You know, the, the the person we like the most in the podcast, Robbie Risk, that we keep talking about. And Steve Torelli is, has been, uh, you know, trying to to help get him on this show. Um, you know, tweeted back and said, yeah, I'll do it anytime. So I told him to direct message me. and Maybe he will. And maybe we can have him on. That was exciting news. I just wish I was in a better place in my head to be really excited about it, which I am. So this is what I told Sarah. I'm like, Sarah, you remember how um, when Mark Maron had Barack Obama on his podcast? Well, get this, uh, because for me, this is my Barack Obama. And uh, for you guys that listen to the show every week that totally get why we like uh, an actor like Robbie Rist 
and and how we completely respect how much work this guy has done and how we two weeks ago only found him on an episode of What's Happening. I mean, the guy was like uh, you know, working his tail off, and now I think he does that in voiceovers. But if you're talking about not just having, I mean, we don't even, in this podcast, we don't even think of him as Cousin Oliver. We think of him as Little John from Big John, Little John, which, of course, you know, always helps cheer us up. Big John has a problem, as you can plainly see. One minute he's 40, the next he's 33. Big John keeps a changing before your very eyes. He's 25, and then 19, then 12 years old in size. Big John, little John, what a way to grow. Big John, little John, he grew from high to low. Big John found the fountain of youth, he drank a little drink. And that magic water is the thing that made him shrink. Now even when he's little John, he never knows just when. Zap, he'll change and rearrange, and he's Big John again. And like I said, it was funny because, you know, I, I was sending it to Sarah because, as we know, uh, her boyfriend, Michael Sheen, in England or Wales, uh, where, you know, in that location, uh, not to say, you know, whatever, same thing, because you can't say that to somebody because they get really angry. Um, he knew about shows like this. Anything that had, like we pr- played before with Rhoda, the opening credits, anything that had the explanation of a show in the opening credits, they had overseas, or at least in Wales or London or anything like that, anything that, that explained the story every week, I guess they, um, you know, had it. My name is Rhoda Morgenstern. I was born in the Bronx, New York, in December 1941. I've always felt responsible for World War II. The first thing I remember liking that liked me back was food. In school, my grades were okay, mostly B's and C's, except for self-control. I had a bad puberty. It lasted 17 years. I'm a high school graduate. I went to art school. My entrance exam was on a book of matches. I decided to move out of the house when I was 24. My mother still refers to this as the time I ran away from home. Eventually, I ran to Minneapolis, where it's cold, and I figured I'd keep better. Now I'm back in Manhattan. New York, this is your last chance. Those wow wow wows don't really go with the bells and the the ladylike uh, drama that it is. But again, those are shows like that where you know what they had, which is so funny when they explain the opening. And it's so funny that when I said to Sarah, I'm like, oh, here I'm going to send this to Michael, and she goes, oh, he already knows that show because they explain the opening. I think what other shows they do. Can you imagine them explaining, you know, nowadays they don't even bother having openings anymore. They just gave up because, you know, they can't do it. Like Friends would probably be the last show where they play the opening credits on every episode. And it's so annoying. You just want them to stop. It's like it's like frustrating at this point. It's funny. All those years they would just always have to play the opening credits and now they just don't. 
like Seinfeld never had an opening theme. You know, it had the, 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 the opening, but never never like a theme theme, you know. I guess that was one of the first. Maybe everybody took a lesson from that. Maybe Seinfeld's the one that said, why do we have to do that every week? Because Larry David is, he's smart, obviously. Anyway, though, um, so I played the opening uh, theme, the, the opening bit I was doing from Cocktail because I was just thinking about it, and I don't want to really talk about it that much, but with Selena, I always think of uh, when he's dying, uh, Brian Flanagan's about to, not Flanagan, no, Coglin's going to kill himself, and he's like, a, a toast, Flanagan, to the first and last person I ever cared about. Remember, he's saying that to his wife. His wife comes over and he's like, but Flanagan's the only first and last person I ever cared about. He's saying that in front of his wife. I remember, like, man, that's bad. That's, that's cold, man. Man, that's cold. But uh, Selena is the first and last person I've ever cared about. And I know it's weird and I know it's, it's a little gay. But I've never loved anybody. And I love this cat. And uh, I don't know why. And it's going to affect me. I, I want to pretend like it's not, but it will. The first and last person I ever cared about. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I live alone. I'm a lonely guy. I've been through a lot. And, uh, you know, she's been here for 14 years. I never lived with a chick before. Well, I did once. That didn't work out well. I don't. If I, in fact, find out that that girl that I had lived with back in the 80s was dead, I would be sad. No, I don't think it'll be as depressing. Death doesn't bother me. I told you this before, you know. I, I, that's the funny thing. This cat's going to bother me. But death never bothers me. I have the best time at funerals. So on Thursday, I had an opportunity to either see this doctor or go to my friend's mother's funeral because everybody's parents are dying, so I got to go to funerals nonstop, nonstop. I don't know whether, I mean, I guess this is the age where it's happening, right? So I don't know there's a time you go to bar mitzvahs nonstop, there's a time you go to weddings nonstop, and then there's a time you just, well, funerals, I guess, will just always be nonstop. But I don't know, this has been like three in a row, really quick. And. I, you know, I always want to support. I always want to support my friends. It has nothing to do with that, how I feel about death and joking around, and I don't really care one way or the other. I just want to support my friends because that's the most important thing. If death doesn't bother me, I know it the way it affects other people, and everybody's affected a different way. So I want to support my friend Ron, who I know from college, and I always liked his mother. She lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and we used to spend time there. And I love the fact that it was in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. It was classic because, you know, definitely that area of Brooklyn always had memories for me as a kid, uh, let alone working at Pips there. And that was around the time I was hanging out there when I was working at Pips. So then I had a friend who was by there. That's in Sheepshead Bay, and they're pretty close to each other. But the fact that my friend from college, you know, had a place in Brooklyn, and I was so gung-ho to live in New York City that I so gung-ho, and New Jersey was so despised when I was in college, so despised, that anybody that was from Jersey who lived north always said they were from Bergen County. They never said Bergen County, New Jersey. They always say Bergen County. Even my manager, Vanessa, said, where do you live? She goes, Bergen County. They still say that to this day. They want to distance themselves that they live in New Jersey. Now, now I'm very proud to be from New Jersey, and I think that's why I love Artie so much because I am proud to have a friend who's also from Jersey 
who you know we we experienced a lot of the same things together even though um he might not have experienced the anti-semitism but you know we're still jersey boys and you experience weird things and you meet a lot of questionable people when you're a jersey person and it was a travesty to be from new jersey when i was in college uh, people from some reason from long island thought we were just absolute scum and they should talk you know them and their jappy jewy ways and they're making fun of us and it was just you were just considered scum if you were from New Jersey. You were just ridiculed and made fun of. As if it wasn't bad enough being Jewish and all the anti-Semitism that was up there, which is so weird since there were so many Jews up there, to then be ridiculed from being from New Jersey. It's like, well, how do you win? The way I would win, I'd, I'd actually tell people I was from Staten Island. That's what I would do. That's how me and my friend Al Klein met. He asked me for my phone number, and he goes, okay, so what's it, 212, because back then it was 212. Even Staten Island was 212, it's 718 now. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you want to be technical, it's 201. I actually live in Jersey. I'm like, oh, he's been giving me shit for 30 years after that. 30 years he's been giving me shit, and I deserve it because I lied. I lied to say I am from Staten Island. Think about that. How pathetic is that? I wanted to be in the city so bad, and I didn't want people to know I was from Jersey that I said I was from Staten Island as if that was better. That's like the worst place ever. And our guest last week, Irene, is from Staten Island, so that's even funnier. And I still spend a lot of time on Staten Island, but I couldn't wait for... I just couldn't wait to be a part of New York City. I had always wanted to live in New York City. And when I first moved here and I moved to Queens, I was so excited that I was on a subway line that connects to New York City. You know, I was part of New York City. And I was so angry that my mailing address was Astoria or Long Island City and not... New York, New York. You know, it was a bummer. Because that was the thing. And now, I don't know where it happened. Maybe after The Sopranos. Who knows? Now it's... I don't mind telling people I'm from New Jersey. It still has a crappy reputation. Chris Christie's not helping anything. Everybody still thinks it's thuggish. But I am very proud of my New Jersey roots. I like New Jersey. I feel comfortable and safe in New Jersey. That is where I have the best times and I feel safe there I feel much better than you know when I hear about people going to Long Island to the beaches I'm like why would you want to go there why would you want to go all the way out there Long Island's horrible and not horrible for any reason it's just that doesn't have any I don't know I don't feel a feeling of security that not security but just I don't feel home there when I get out of the Lincoln Tunnel when I'm driving I feel safe I feel like I'm home New Jersey will always be my home I feel comfortable there And I'm glad I can say it now. It's so weird that I used to tell people I was from Staten Island just to be cool because they lived in Long Island and they were part of New York. Like New York was so great. But I guess because the college was in New York, that had something to do with it. Meanwhile, they don't even consider that New York. Like I remember my first girlfriend was from Syracuse. You know, I'd come up there with Jersey plates. She goes, oh, yeah, I always forget you live in Jersey. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, well, I do. Just deal with it. Then I remember I got, you know, I got a car and I was like so excited to get New York plates. Then meanwhile, you know, I guess bad stuff happened, you know, because I'm an idiot. And then I had to get rid of that and go back to Jersey plates again. Because my New York license wasn't boating well. But uh, the point, uh, what was the point? Where did I uh, bring all this up? I don't even remember. But I did want to say something about, I know I had something I was uh, talking about. But 
I wanted to also just talk about last week's podcast. I cannot turn Irene's volume down enough. It was driving me crazy. I don't know why. I mean, I was really trying to turn it down, and I couldn't get it right. And I'm listening to the podcast. I'm like, why? You know, my guests should never out-scream me. You know, the, the host should always be able to out-talk anyone. Uh, but her volume was so loud, I couldn't take it down low enough. I don't know. She's just loud. And uh, it's really funny. It was bothering me. It's, you know, I know when my podcast, when I don't like my podcast, when I just don't want to listen to the rest of it, and I'm like appalled. I, you know, I try and listen back once. I usually never listen more than that. Nobody does. But, you know, you want to listen to it, make sure there's nothing completely horrible on it. And uh, I like rehashing, you know, because I can't really hear it when it's, you know, so I listen as a listener would. And I think about, oh, what will people think about this as I'm listening? But, you know, you try and picture yourself outside the, uh, you know, like when you're watching, you know, if I'm watching something I'm on or I'm thinking about when I'm on doing a TV show, I'm like, oh, what's somebody going to think about this? You know, you're trying to think how are people going to perceive this, all that kind of stuff. You think about people in the audience and you're doing comedy. and st- Well, I do. Cause that's the fun, of course. Why would you want to perform for people if you're not thinking about your friends and family uh, enjoying it? But, yeah, I couldn't turn her thing down enough. It's so funny, and, and, and she's loud. And she was saying, boy, you got great quality stuff. I don't know. I can't get it right. I always think my level, I mean, I know the levels are good, but they're low. They're low. Or maybe it's just because I listen to Manhattan, and it's too loud here. And that, you know, is some of the problem. What was, he talk- what was that Jersey thing? It's going to bother me the rest of the time. Oh, I guess I was talking about the, uh, oh, yeah, there's the funerals and stuff. Right, that's right. It was Bay Ridge. It was my friend's mom's funeral. So I was going to go out with this doctor, and then I was like, you know what? It's better if I go to the funeral. It's the right thing to do. So I did, and I went to Bay Ridge. Let me tell you something. That is not an easy place to get to if you're not driving. And it ain't that easy to get to when you're driving. They take the subway out there. You can only take the R train, which is a local train. And my friend Ron, when he was becoming a physical therapist, he is, you know, he had the place in Bay Ridge, and he had to take the local train and go all the way to the Bronx for school. He would have, to, and and the only train that went up to the Bronx to his school was the six train, which is also local. So he had to take the R all the way to 59th Street here in Manhattan, and then take the local six train all the way to the Bronx. I was talking to his daughter, who's ridiculously hot now. She's like 22, I guess. And uh, you might remember the story when she came to my birthday that his son was born the same day that I was. He's, I guess, 25. Uh, but he was just turning 21 on my birthday three years ago or so. And uh, he was a wise guy at the door. And they say, yeah, hey, I'm going to be 21 in you know, three hours. And they wouldn't let him in. And as we're telling people the story, his daughter, who was only 18, was already up there because she was so hot. You know, the bouncer just let her walk right through. But I was explaining to her, and it's funny just explaining to somebody's daughter that, you know, you know, it's so weird that she's older and we've known each other for so long. How Ron used to have to go to school, you know, to make it so she could be born, so she could go to school. And this trip he used to take, like, I don't know how he never mentioned, because I that would be the first thing I did to my kid. When I was your age, it took me two and a half hours to get to school and two and a half hours back. I mean, how do you not want to give it like our dads gave it to you. I would walk through six feet of snow to get to work. And I'm out of my position. I don't know why I'm doing it like Waltz, but 
You want to tell your kids how difficult you've had it. I can't believe he's such a nice guy. He never even mentioned it. I remember there was a subway map. I would entertain my friends by telling them Ron's commute in the 80s. I would entertain them by having a picture of a subway map. I would do this at Caroline's on stage. I have a picture of the subway map and talk about this guy's commute every day. And if it wasn't bad enough, the only trains there were the two local trains. I mean, oh, I mean, that is dedication. And I feel that his kids should know that. Why, those ungrateful little bastards. But I think he was happy that I was there. And, um, you know, and the, and the thing is, you know, you're on this local train. I got to take the, you know, I took uh, the express a little down there and then transferred to the local. But when I'm going home at night, what's the point of transferring? So I got to take the local all the way back to... Uh, Manhattan and it it what what did that take an hour and a half it was ridiculous and that you know and it was going well it was like smooth oh it just stops everywhere it's really messed up uh I don't know how people live out there and I know a lot of people that do and I tell you something if I if that's why I won't move to Brooklyn or Queens if I had to do that commute every day on the subway I would not I would kill myself I would have gotten out already I would not like I said I can't leave the city until I leave this job because my commute is like seven minutes and there's no subway. And when you hear about all the stuff that's happening with the trains like Penn Station and the Long Island Railroad and what a disaster the tracks are because probably there's just so much corruption everywhere. We know there is in New Jersey. That's why there's no sports betting anywhere. There's just so much corruption. They're trying to make the Monmouth racetrack where I always go. They're going to try and make that sports betting, but... Christie keeps stopping it, and then he tries to put it together. I don't know what's happening. Nobody really knows. But from what I understand, they're going to completely, like, knock down the track after the summer, I think, and then build it up and make it this, like, kind of sports mecca place where you can, you know, make a bet on a football game. I can't wait. You know, I love betting normally, but it would be fun to, like, kind of bet in cash somewhere and, like, pick up cash. I mean, I... I guess I can do that with my regular bookie anyway. Well, it's just another reason to lose money. So I was going to go to the track this weekend, but my funds are low this time. You know, I haven't been complaining about funds for a while. Um, but things are, I don't know. And that's what's making me nervous about Selena. I was like thinking about taking her to the animal hospital, but they already did like $600 of tests and stuff. Last time if I bring her to somewhere else, they're going to do the same amount of testing. I mean, you, you don't want to put a price of money on, you know, your your cat or whatever, or your dog, or your animal, but your pet. But, uh, you know, if I could just keep her going until Monday. I keep squirting water in her mouth, like with a like an eyedropper, because she's not drinking either. I gave So I'm eating for her, because I keep ordering foods that I know she used to eat, and then I eat the rest of it. So I'm so stuffed and so fat, and I, think, I feel like I was losing weight. And now it's just this weekend has been horrible. So I ordered some tuna sushi because I knew she used to eat the inside. I would rip it up. So she ate a couple pieces of that. Then I went to McDonald's because I know she likes chicken nuggets. And I got her one and she was eating some of it. You know, I roll it up in a little bowl and then she was eating some of it. So that made me feel good. But meanwhile, you know, I don't have to get a 10 piece. She only eats one. But I, you know, I mean, I could just get the six piece. You don't want to throw them out. I mean, and as long as you're there, I mean, why wouldn't you get a Big Mac? I mean, it's. Plus, so I'm like George Costanza. I'm telling you, it's like, or a dog or a cat. I, I can't stop. I am a sucker for ads. 
I don't know, and we've talked about it on the show before, I'm positive, but if you watch Seinfeld closely and they don't talk about it, it just happens, and I don't think the audience acknowledges it. We have talked about it. When they're sitting at the diner, when somebody mentions something, George will order something that has to do with what they're talking about. I mean, as as crude as this sounds, this isn't it. He goes like, so I, you know, I went down and I ate her pie. You know what I'm saying? I'll be like, can I have a piece of pie? That was a horrible example. But, you, you know, it's something like that that was crude. I usually don't talk like that. But it's something like that. Like, he'll always order something. I don't know. Whatever they're talking about, he ends up ordering. You'll notice if you watch it, you know, again, you'll see that that happens all the time. He's just a fat guy that, you know, and I, I am the same way. So... Uh, I ordered, uh, so what was I watching yesterday? I was watching The Founder uh, with Michael Keaton, which is the story of Ray Kroc and how he, you know, got the empire of uh, McDonald's and stole it away from the McDonald's brothers. And uh, what can I do? But uh, immediately after go to McDonald's and, and get everything they ordered in that show, especially the Coke. It just sounded so good when they had the Coke, let alone they were talking about the chocolate shakes and how they made it, so I had to have a chocolate shake and... Uh, my neighbor walked me up there with the dog because I, I also wanted some company. I hadn't left the house. So last night, here's here's what happened. Uh, Friday night, I went to see our friend Richard Klein, Larry from Three's Company, in the play. I, I don't know why I'm not having him on. I mean, this is ridiculous. I should just have him on. The, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I'm not putting as much effort into the show as I need to because he would be a terrific guest. And then yet, well, yet nothing, really. I was just like, well... I don't want to talk. I mean, it'd be the same thing as Robert Rich. You don't want to insult anybody and just talk about all that stuff. We want to talk about uh, lots of different things. You just have to word it the right way and understand that we completely respect. We are not making fun. When we talk about Robbie Rich or Larry Fatusco, we are not mocking them. We, are, we have full respect. But you just want to make sure that gets across because I'm sure there's a lot of people that would mock them. And we do not mock on this show. You guys know we love their work. And it means a lot to us, and we just want to make sure that gets across when we're doing a you know a, a nostalgic show, you know, kind of the way Gilbert does with the much older folk uh, for his age uh, that he liked and stuff like that. Uh, our people are people are mostly our age or stuff like that that more of our generation. Uh, Gilbert's doing a show for people that were on shows in the fifties and sixties. We're doing shows uh, shows for people that were on the shows in the seventies, which is more our age. Because I bet you Robbie Rist is more. Uh, he's probably around my age. You know, it's fascinating. Everybody that I knew as kids on television is my age. And even the friends people are my age. It's just so funny when I think of, I was watching the Bad News Bears last night. And I'm like, I forgot those guys were like my age. I guess when that came out, those kids were my age. And then I just got angry again. I'm like, damn it, I wish I was a child actor. Like, I, I was just so miserable that I couldn't be an actor back then. And I, I just still can't believe I haven't been able to achieve it. I I've achieved some of it, and I just can't get to where I want to be. And all I wanted to do was be in the Bad News Bears. Who wouldn't want to be in the Bad News Bears? Who wouldn't want to be known for being in the Bad News Bears? And I got lucky when I was in college. I met one of the kids from the Bad News Bears. We hung out a couple times. I told you this in the podcast. So exciting. And then that kid killed himself. But uh, it's very exciting me meeting the people we grew up on or at least I grew up on, and, and seeing them, and, that, and realizing they're our age, you know, the cast of the Brady Bunch pretty much my age, uh, maybe a little older, but, you know, when you meet some of them, it's, it's you realize we're all the same age. It's, uh, I don't know, it makes it kind of exciting. Anyway, I went to see Richard Klein to play because it was right by my house, so it was, like, perfect. I'm like, all right, I'll just go if I can make it. And I invited this girl to go, 
And uh, then we went out after. And all right. I'm not I am not being prejudiced. I'm only saying this is what happened. I there it's me and this girl. We're at this bar and there's another couple next to us. And there's a chair in the middle. I go to the bathroom. I come back. There's a black guy sitting in the chair. I know. I know. It's always there's always I don't I don't I can't tell you why this is happening to me. This guy sits in the chair. It seems like a lovely guy. Seems like a homosexual. And he offers to buy us all a drink, which already that's weird. How do you come in and offer everybody to buy a drink? I'm already like, what's the matter with this guy? I don't want to. And I'm saying, I don't want to. I'm not going to. I don't want to be prejudiced. I don't want to. I know this always happens. Let's just relax. I don't want to be rude in front of this girl. I don't want to do anything that's that's wrong. I'm just going to talk to this girl. And he's talking to us. He's acting weird already. He's already acting weird. Uh, she's saying some fun stuff. And he's like, all right, keep it down. Keep it down. And I'm like, don't fucking tell her to keep it down, jerk off. I didn't say that. But I'm thinking, I'm like, if he if he's going to get out of line, I'm going to say something. The point being, I got into another altercation. But, but I didn't get into an altercation this time. I did not. So he said to this guy, he's acting a little weird, but he's not doing anything completely out of line. Anyway, I see him touching the girl next to me, another guy's girl, touching her leg. I say nothing. I thought maybe, I don't know, I thought maybe the girl didn't say anything, so I thought maybe maybe she knows what's going on, I don't know what's happening. It's not my business. It's not my business. And then I'm talking to the guy, we're having a nice conversation with this guy and this girl, they're very nice. We're having a conversation as couples, you know, uh, and... The guy goes, excuse me for a minute. I think I'm talking about Dear Evan Hansen. I can't stop myself. But I didn't care that because I had a date, so I, it's not as gay. And uh, the guy goes, excuse me for a minute. And he says to the guy, he goes, hey, but very politely. He says, don't, uh, I'd appreciate if you wouldn't touch my girlfriend. She's not a touchy-feely kind of girl. So I appreciate it. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, no, I know, you, you know, I know you touched her a little bit. Just please don't do it again. He shook his hand. Or he put his hand up for shaking. And I said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He was exactly the right thing to do. You know, let me buy you a drink, something like that. He guy's like, I don't know what you're saying. The guy's trying to deny everything because he's wacko. And he let it go. And then, uh, you know, I talked to the guy a little bit. But then my, the, girl, the girl I was talking to was in the bathroom when this happened. Everything always happens when you go to the bathroom. So I'm terrified to go to the bathroom when I'm with somebody because something always happens. So she comes back and we're talking again. And then uh, she's talking to me and I'm looking at the guy. You know, I'm looking to my left. Uh, the corner of my eye, I can't listen to what she's saying because I'm trying to listen to what's happening because, again, he goes, no, hold on a second. What did I just say? I'm going to have to ask you to leave now because he, because the, the black guy touched the girl again. And uh, he's like, now I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Because I asked you before nicely, and I, I appreciate it if you would. And he, again, he was still being polite, and he calls the bartender and says, can you please ask this guy to sit elsewhere or leave because he's touched my girl, and the bartender was a girl. And she's like, did you touch him? And he's like, no, I didn't. And then I had to chime in because I'm like, I'm sorry. I saw him touch her. He absolutely did. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Now, he could have been wasted or whatever. Like, I don't even think he knew he was lying or whatever he was doing. But like I said, we thought he was gay. So it was weird. But I had to chime in for my boy and because I saw it happen. And, uh, and then the bartender made – and then he was paying his check. And then he's just still sat there. It was so weird. They asked him to leave. He wouldn't leave. And then finally he moved to another location. Obviously, he's an asshole because how do you not just 
leave the bar after that. But he just went to another thing, and it was still awkward, but we're still, uh, you know, then the four of us are just talking about the whole situation right in front of him, really, because fuck him that he wouldn't leave. And I don't understand why. I think if it was a male bartender, he would have kicked the guy out. I don't know whether they knew him there or not, but um, he stayed there. I would, Oh, my God, I'd be terror. I'd be mortified to stay there, but he stayed there. And, uh, you know, then we hit it off with this couple, kind of. They were really nice. And then they, it was like 3 in the morning, and they wanted to go do karaoke. And my girl's like, yeah, let's do karaoke. I'm like, no, we're not doing karaoke. And, I, you know, we either, you know, go to my house or, or that's it, you know. We're not doing karaoke. It's 3 in the morning. It's over. The night's over. There's no more fun to be had. Oh, why would I want to do karaoke? I've never been out with this girl. Why would I, 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 you know, see, something's happening or whatever. You're doing, doing karaoke. It's three in the morning. Hey, old man. The other problem is, you know, if I'm right by my house, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going downtown somewhere, even though it's just a couple blocks away. I'm in my neighborhood. When you're in your neighborhood, you just no. We're partying in my neighborhood today, so I'm staying in the neighborhood. Unless there's an extraordinary circumstance, like, well, like Robbie Rist was, you know, if, if, if the tell called me and said, Robbie Rist is at the Comedy Cellar, come down immediately, that's different. And that's no joke. <laughs> you know, all of us would be down if we knew he was, keep him there, keep him there, Henry. <laughs> keep him there, he better be there when I get down there. Just like when I called my friend Lawrence that day, Roger Daltrey was down there. I'm like, he was in his pajamas. I'm like, get your ass down to mother's now. Roger Daltrey's here. He's going to sing. Who, who's not going down to the comedy cellar to see that? Not the comedy. At the time, it was the, uh, the Sun Mountain Cafe, the Bag It In, and now the Zinc Bar down on Third Street. Who's not going to do? If it, even right now, 2017, Roger Daltrey, you, your friend calls you up, and, it, and it's convenient. It's not like, you know, you're down at the shore in Jersey. And you got to come up. If your friend is 50 blocks away and Roger Daltrey is going to sing at a bar in the city, you're not getting up and going? Yeah, that's what you get out of bed for no matter what you're doing and you're going to go. Unless you're actually having sex with, I don't know, Heather Graham. Is that too old a reference? Is it? Am I like the, uh, am I now the old man who... <laughs> What we're doing the cooking show that Bill Persky would only talk about Angie Dickinson <laughs> is that is that maybe Heather Graham's not the right answer I don't know who's hotter um, what's that girl name Bella Thorne uh, but too young right now now it's getting creepy it's getting creepy I I can't think of anybody that Scarlett Johansson how about that one but then wouldn't I even if I was having sex with Scarlett Johansson wouldn't I say hey Scarlett Johansson Roger Daltrey's playing downtown. Let's go. We'll finish this later. As long as we can finish it later, there's no problem. Now, if she said, no, this is the only time I can have sex with you, you're obviously not going. And quite frankly, I don't know if Scarlett Johansson is really the answer. I don't know if that's the one. I don't know if that's the one. He's- yeah, it is. It is. It depends. That might not be a Daltrey go down. Daltrey, you really got to work it out. We, I could make a list of girls I would leave for Daltrey for or make a list of... Um, you know, if Prince was alive, you know, that it depends on the the status of the legend, it, it, you know, what they're doing, their age, who you're with, their age. You know, uh, th- there's a big list that we have to say. It's kind of like the F. Mary Kill. You know, if you have three people, who are you going to fuck, who are you going to marry, who are you going to kill? 
It's the exact same scenario. Who do you leave to have sex to see Roger Daltrey perform? And is Roger Daltrey too old a reference? So who's younger? I don't know. If you were uh, a dead fan and John Mayer was playing, is that no, still too old a reference? Um, I'm trying to think what a, a, a good... Okay, okay. Even though it's an old reference, but Paul McCartney, you're going to see a Beatle perform. It's an intimate place and he can get you in. Do you leave having sex? The only time you can have sex with Scarlett Johansson to see Paul McCartney play. I mean, obviously you ask her to bring her along, but let's say she can't go. Do you leave to see Paul McCartney? Ugh, that's a tough one. It might not... See, somebody like him, he, he might die. You might never be able to see him again in an intimate setting and then possibly get to shake his hand and meet him later. That's a toughie. And maybe Scarlett Johansson is the answer. Uh, Charlize Theron, still too old, right? But I am old, so it has to be somebody like that. I think Charlize Theron is like a, a, a perfect, you know, perfect age-appropriate girl for me. She's so pretty. And I'm, I think she would be the one, more so than Scarlett Johansson, that I would have to say, I cannot go to see Paul McCartney because I'm having sex with Charlize Theron today. That was my plan for today, and I cannot stray from the path. I'm sorry. Now, obviously, the, the best scenario would be to bring her along. I mean, what's cooler than that? Hey, my friends, um, we're going to hang out with Paul McCartney. But she would be like, oh, I've already done that. I actually, I actually fucked him once. <laughs> so, oh, I see. So, yeah, that's the question. What is the girl you that's so hot that you want to have sex with, but you will leave for your favorite musician, of which I can't think of right now? Billy Joel, for me, maybe? Still too old a reference. I don't know. Uh, Billy Joel... Armstrong from Green Day? I don't know. I might leave for him. He's awesome. He's cool. I think he's a musical genius. I might leave for him. I don't know. But if you could never have sex with him again. Oh, it's a toughie. Is it though? Is it though? No, you take the sex, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. If we could find out with the perfect musician that you wouldn't leave for, like everybody's got their own thing. I'm not leaving for John Oates. Hey, John Oates is hanging out with us at the cellar. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay and have sex with Charlie's dear on today. But tell him I said hi. Do you leave for Daryl Hall? No, no. Maybe no, no. Do you leave for Elvis Costello? Again, old. Who's relevant? I don't know. I can say I'm an old man. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know anybody current. I mean, who do I go? Who do we go to see the other? We saw Tom Petty and Hall and Oates, Katy Perry. I'm, I'm going to go see her in October. I like her, but that's just gay. I'm not going to go see her. She's not a living legend yet. I don't think a guy, a straight man, would go and leave sex to see a girl perform. You know, it has to be a man, and I think it has to be somebody who you worship. Okay, so you take Springsteen. Now, for me. I'm not leaving. Uh, Springsteen doesn't do it for me, but somebody like Artie, would he give up having sex with Charlize Theron to hang out with Bruce Springsteen, who he might have met before? I don't know. I think he might. These are very good questions we're posing here. Very good questions. We've got to come up with a list. Maybe next week I'll make a list of who I would leave sleeping with somebody I've always wanted to like have sex with that's... 
you know, like it's going to be an amazing night. I can't believe this is happening. Or, oh my God, it's going to be an amazing night. I can't believe this is happening even though I'm just meeting a dude. But he's a rock and roll legend. Or would I even do it for Robbie Rist? I think we all know I might actually leave Charlie's Theron to, to, see, to meet Robbie No, I wouldn't, right? I'd be like, Dave, I would like to. Well, then it's the other question. It's not Shirley Steering, but it's like a really hot girl. And, and what is the level of hot that you leave to meet a Robbie Wrist for? Or, you know, who cares? You know, whoever it is. Maybe you just don't. It depends on how frequently you can meet girls. It, you know, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors. Can you make a game time decision at that time? You'd be on the phone like this, uh, uh, looking back and forth, looking at her, looking at the phone, looking at her. Eh, eh, I don't know. It's happened before to me, obviously. David Tell called me, told me to get down to the uh, improv immediately because Rod from What's Happening was there. But, of course, I wasn't with the girls. So it was really easy to do. You better get down here now. You're not going to believe who's down here. It's Rod from What's Happening. So it's not like this scenario has not happened to me before. But I wasn't with a girl. But I remember one time I was with a girl and Tell called me from Catch Rising Story. He goes, you better get down here. There's lots of girls down here. I'm like, well, I'm with a girl. But he didn't have a specific person. He might have mentioned like another comic that we always made fun of that uh, would have been funny to see, but it wasn't worth leaving a girl for. But that is the question. What's worth leaving or bringing? If you could bring them, that's okay. Because the scenario always has to be like, this would be the one in time only thing that we're doing. Or you can meet Paul McCartney. Tough one. But I don't think that'll happen in our lifetimes. To most of us. I guess it happens to uh, some people who clearly must have done something right in their past lives where they have luck like that. Uh, that would not be me. Clearly, I I always figure I must have been Hitler in my past life. See, because I feel God, like, my life's okay, but, you know, I go through, obviously, bouts of depression and things haven't worked out my way. So wouldn't that technically be the perfect way to punish Hitler? See, if you make Hitler like a, a major loser and, and an asshole and, and he has this miserable life and he's just poor and destitute, uh, that's too obvious. Wouldn't it be better for it to just be frustrating your whole life that you can't achieve a goal and you just can't get enough ahead? That, that seems more like a, a torturous lifetime for somebody who's done something very wrong. It's just more frustrating than the most obvious of, or am I just really just being a mortar? I a mortar. Did I even get that right? Most of these kids in my office, they uh, took the uh, the LSATs, and uh, they're not happy with their grades. And I'm like, listen, I got half on my SATs, half. 1,600, I got an 800. I don't know how I survive in life. I took it three times, and I only got half. You get 200 points for putting your name on the paper. I don't know how I survive in this lifetime when I think about that. Anyway, let me just finish with this girl. So we go home and, well, first she has to wait for her dealer or something. I don't know. That's a whole other thing, right? I don't know what she's doing. And I'm like, "Uh, whatever you got to do. And we go to my house and then she goes, hey, would you mind if I just walked around in my panties and um, high heels? Because I can't do it at my house because I have roommates. <laughs> I'm like, um, 
yeah, um, sure, whatever, you know. It's at, at that point when I always feel like I'm going to say, how are the cameras not rolling to capture my expression? Uh, sure. What, yeah, if you, uh, sure. Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's when you, you, you wish you were the Kardashians and everything is being filmed in your life, you know. Um, you know, now all I think I'm like, I, I can't wait to tell the people uh, who listen to my podcast. That's too funny. When, when is that ever going to come up? Do you mind if I walk around my panties and high heels? Because, you know, I just can't do it in my own house. Yeah. Hey, feel free. Uh, you know, I want you to be comfortable. Sukasa, Mikasa, whatever. <laughs> what? Oh, that's just. So then I thought maybe my cat got was pretending to be sick. She's like, I, I got to get this whore out of here. This, my cat's saying this. Well, I'm going to pretend to be sick so she, because this is just, this is just, this is not right. Because she hasn't been sick since, since the, that happened. So I thought maybe my cat was, um, <laughs> my cat was very jealous. And I was like, I, this is not, this should not, she's really impeding in my territory here. So I'm going to fake the old, uh, drooling from the mouth thing that's the problem she was drooling from the mouth and panting i'd never seen her do that before my cat i'm talking about by the way because it really could have gone either way and uh i never seen her do that before and that's when i called the vet and they're like oh that's not good and when the vet says that's not good then you're like then i just started to cry because <laughs> i'm like if the vet's saying that that's bad and then they uh, gave me an appointment for today which is sunday but i didn't care for the vet that they mentioned because one of my friend jody said that vet wasn't cool it was a guy so I was going to wait for this girl who's going to be there Monday, and then I guess we'll find out more. To be continued, you know, um, talking about the fight last week, we played the uh, McGregor-Floyd May- Mayweather stuff last week. Because What has been funnier than this tour and them just yelling at each other? Uh, what I didn't play last week was the clips I had gotten uh, that remind us of those press conferences. Apollo, aside being chosen for the rematch. This fight will be held in the Philadelphia Spectrum because I want this man's hometown to see this. I want all of Philadelphia, I want all of America, I want the whole world to see me destroy this man after two short rounds because after this fight, he's going to have to donate what's going to be left of his body to science, but there won't be much. That I can guarantee you. Rocky, 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 what do you think about the fight taking place in the Spectrum? Uh, it looks pretty well. Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, I'm just happy to be a at all. Hey, you know what I was thinking? If I ever do, um, uh, you know, my HBO special, um, Dave Jessica, get ready to laugh. Uh, remember, I think I had this opening plan. I don't know whether I told you about it yet or not. Um, no, oh, fuck it. I'll just tell you. Um, the the plan was that uh, it, it it cuts to nineteen or it, it it's it's me backstage and it goes, hey congratulations on your special, um you're like fifty something you why what why did it take so long, and I go I I don't really I don't know, and then we cut back to nineteen eighty nine or ninety, and I am performing you know I got more hair in my old nose, and I'm performing and I'm like um. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe this is my first special. Um, I uh, just did something today, which is really a new fad. It is called the cleanse. 
And it is a, a thing where you take this liquid and all of a sudden you... Will you excuse me for a moment? I have to go because then, you know, it's, um, the gag is that the cleanse is happening and I'm going to pee out of my ass. So I have to leave. So it tells in the wings and I go, Dave, do me a favor. Just do five minutes because I, I have to go to the bathroom really bad. It's coming out. I'm not going to make it. So he goes on. And then when I come back, I hear laughing and screaming and applauding. I'm like, what happened? I left for five minutes. What happened? I was like, you can't go back out there. He's killing out there. And that's how it opens. What do you think? That's funny stuff, right? I mean, all the funny thing is, like, I don't know why I would do a stand-up special anyway, because all I want to do is the fir- is the opening, because that's the fun is the opening the opening scene. And Louie was talking to Michelle Wolf about it because Michelle Wolf had an opening planned for her HBO special that she's having. And Louis, like, I don't think you should do an opening; it takes away. It's an interesting thing what he's saying. Louis C.K. is saying don't do openings because they take away. Interesting that he says that. I see his point. When you see a play and there's videos within the play that I saw like on Friday night, the Robert Klein, the Richard Klein thing, there were videos in between the play. Now, the videos take away from the play because what happens to the audience is they showed some scenes from Seinfeld. They were trying to say it was the 90s. I'm like, well, now all I want to do is see Seinfeld. So now that you've turned it off and I got to go back to this play, I'm disappointed. So you can only get disappointed, which is something I said in The Godfather when I had the heads of the five families killed uh, and I just had the videos from you know Sarah and everyone I was a little nervous we go back to the live action but it was so late in the thing and it's celebrities I'm like you know who cares but in a play you don't want to have videos because then people are just like I'd like to see more of the videos and I've seen that a hundred times so I think Louis saying why do a sketch in the opening because then you just I want to see more of the sketch now this is disappointing that it's only going to be stand-up but I can't help myself and I've been waiting my whole life to if I'm going to do a stand-up special, which I don't know how I would do since I stink, uh, but that's a funny thing in itself, um, is to have the opening credit, you know, sketch. It's what I've been waiting my whole life. I, I remember, you know, when I see Robert Klein's and even David Stupid Brenner's and all those people, they always had an opening sketch. I want to do it the... That's the way I've always planned on doing a special. Uh, meanwhile... Uh, now I just think of opening sketches and what I wanted to do was another one I could do is from Rocky two and I'm racing to the special, you know, it's about to happen. And I go to the church and I say, Hey father, father, can I talk to you? And I'm like, Rocky, I thought you were going to go, you got to go into the fight. He goes, Oh no, I'm so late. I was just hoping maybe you could throw down a prayer. Like that's what I'm going to do. Right. I'm like, Hey father, I was hoping maybe you could throw down a prayer or something before I'm doing my first special. Uh, I'm doing John Travolta, but you, you know what I'm trying. I can't seem to continue the Rocky. Let me try again. Yeah, fly. Uh, I thought maybe you could throw down a press. I thought my special. He's like, oh, I'm so late. Really going to do that. I said, oh, Davey, I cannot do it. I give you the prayer, but then you got to go. Uh, I, I don't know. That seemed funny, too. How many people would get that one? Two? Well, the people that listen to this podcast, yes. So that's three. How many people are going to be, oh, my God, he's doing the scene from Rocky 2. This guy's unbelievable. Well, that's the thing, though. That's a good, I mean, everybody will get the first one with the tell. But that one's a, that's the ones who people who would be watching a special I'm doing would be like, hey, he's doing a gag from Rocky 2. Hey, no one's ever thought of that before. Uh, and I would do the voice. Uh, no, I'm doing my special. I'm so late. I really got to get to the arena. Uh, 
But I was wondering if you could throw down a blessing or so, you know, prayer or something, a little nervous, you know. Hey, thanks a lot, Father. I really appreciate it. You know? um, what do you think? Good stuff? <laughs> Good stuff? It's classic! Well, I'm very happy about that. Why? I didn't do it that bad. It was much lower than I thought. Well, it's only about 10 minutes from my house. <laughs> yeah, see, that's why it's 10 minutes from his house. And that's why he goes to the father's house. He goes, oh, father, it's all out of prayer. I'm so late. I'm so late. Carlo, a lot of people say that you lost the first fight, a victim of the Southpaw Jinx. Did fighting a left-hander throw you off? Southpaw Jinx, nothing. Last time I took the fight too lightly and this man was just plain lucky. But this time, this time you all will see the real Apollo Creed. This is no fun. I like when Mayweather's like, you punk, you faggot, you hoe. Where's that language? Come on, fellas. Let's get it together. That's what Mayweather's talking about, McGregor. You faggot, you hoe. The whole world's going to see the real Apollo Creed. Lightning fast and hard to catch. No playing, no jiving, just business. Rocky, do you think you have a chance this time against Apollo? I don't know, it looks pretty mad. Oh, that's my favorite. I don't know, it looks pretty mad. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't mean, Mick, we're going to try our best. Yeah, we're going to try our best. His lungs he's going to punch out. Now, who's that, Al Capone? <laughs> I you. Look here, look here. His lights he's going to punch out. Hey, hey, you Mick. <laughs> His lights he's going to punch out. Uh, uh, you know, uh, listen, uh, uh, come on, boy, uh, be quiet. Uh, a lot of people may not like me, and that's okay. But come November, Apollo Creed will provide the ultimate gala spectacle on Thanksgiving in front of this man's home crowd. I'm going to drop him like a bad habit. Rocky, your pay for the fight is very substantial. What are you going to do with the money? Uh, you know, let's, let's see. Uh, well, I'll probably give some to... Uh, you know, I'll buy my, my agent some clothes, you know, and uh, maybe get some to charity. Uh, and, uh, this is the exact opposite term that they're using for the uh, McGregor-Mayweather uh, fight. Um, so I'm going to get myself a new asshole that he can fuck with his penis. I don't, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but you know what I'm saying. Those guys have been going crazy, which is why it's going to be so awesome. Well, the first thing I got to do is I got to pay the rent, you know. <laughs> and then, well... I made this list on the way over. I was just thinking of things to do. I'd like to get a couple of hats and a motorcycle and uh, a couple of quarts of perfume for Adrian. She likes to smell good. And uh, some. What kind of writing is this? Is this guy. Uh, it's just, it's, that's the heavyweight champion of the world. It's like, uh, I'd like to get a couple of hats uh, and uh, some gallons of perfume because she likes to smell good. Muppet toys, you know, Ernie and Big Bird and that. That frog, what's his name? Kermit or something? Like that. And uh, I, uh, I thought maybe a statue for the church and uh, I think a snow cone machine for you, Paul. You like snow cones, don't you? Rocky, got anything derogatory to say about the champ? Derogatory. Yeah, he's great. How about some clowning shots, Apollo? Yeah. Does this look like a circus to you, man? November, you're mine. Uh, uh, he's very upset. He's very upset. Oh, well. I don't know. He looks pretty mad. Uh, well, Rocket. Yeah, Kermit. Uh, yeah. You gotta have a manager. A manager. And, uh, see, I, I couldn't make it today. I, I, I didn't have a manager. If I had a manager, I, I could, I'm just an old man of 76 years old. I did 
I thought they... Uh, uh, Mick, when I, you know, when I was asking you for help, where was you 10 years ago, huh? Where was you then? You didn't want me to... I got no locker. Are you, 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 all right, I, I, if you wanted my help, why didn't you just ask? How did I... Did I matter? Did I matter? This is... Uh, then they got more uh, Floyd Will, Floyd, Floyd Mayweather McGregor in Rocky Three, or at least uh, Clever Lang did. You know why you can? Don't get a sucker no statue. Give him guts. I told you I wasn't going away. You got your shot. Now give me mine. Why don't you get the hell out of there? Shut up, old man. I ain't going nowhere. And why don't you tell all these nice folks why you've been ducking me? Politics, man. This country wants to keep me down. Keep everybody weak. They don't want a man like me to have the title because I'm not a puppet like that fool up there. You know, you've got a big mouth, you know? Why don't you come out and close the bell, boy? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. This guy's crazy. Don't listen to him. The little man don't want to come to me. Then I'll come to you people and lay out the truth. I am rank number one. One! That means I'm the best. But this bomb is taking the easy matches. Fight another bomb. I'm telling you and everybody here, I'll fight him anywhere, anytime, for nothing. Fight him, fight him, fight him. But you people ain't never gonna see it happen because he's gonna retire. You see, he don't fight no real man. He fight themselves. What? You're as disgraced to this sport. Shut up, old man. You and that chump don't know where I have to come from. Bad boy, your family doing real nice, ain't it? You call yourself a fighter? Prove it now. Give me that same chance. The way he's been ducking is the disgrace. If he ain't no coward, why don't he fight me then? I can't listen anymore. This ain't any time. I don't care what you rank. You don't get no shot, and I mean that. I'm glad you people are seeing this here. What are you doing? Because I, I want to fight this guy. Well, you got him. You'll fight him without me. Please don't what are you saying? It's finished. Yes, I'm finished. I don't want no more of this. I don't want no more. You understand? None of them. It's over with. Hey, woman. Hey, woman. Listen here. Since your old man ain't got no heart, maybe you'd like to see a real man. I bet you stay up late every night dreaming you had a real man, don't you? I'll tell you what, bring your pretty little self over to my apartment tonight, and I'll show you a real man. You want to, you can So that's what, uh, that's the only thing the Mayweather-McGregor fight is missing is that making fun of the wives like that. Now that is where it would go to the next level. And that's just good movie making. Well, you got to say, Rocky 1, 2, 3, and 4 are terrific. It's amazing, right? He made four really good movies. They might be stupid, but we love them. It's amazing. Like, Rocky 1 is amazing, right, just in itself. Rocky 2 is just okay, but it's still okay, and it's watchable every time, and I just did an entire thing about it. And Rocky 3 with Clubber Lang, I mean, that's classic. It's classic. It's amazing. And then Rocky 4 with the Russian, you know, the what's his name? I mean, that's a, uh, it's classic. It's funny. They're they're all, you know, after one, they're all bad. And yet they're obviously really enjoyable, guilty pleasures that everyone knows. Drago, is that his name? Did I get that right? Drago, something like that, right? It's just so funny that we know them all so well. And those were sequels. And usually sequels suck. And they, they, they don't rival the intensity and seriousness of the first one, which took us off guard. But they are up there with... Uh, with true greatness in, you know, classics and classic films. And the funny thing being uh, even the music in them was popular, like the Eye of the Tiger and stuff, and that's in Rocky Three. Think about that. That's in like a, a third one, you know, not just a sequel, but a third one.
We all know Godfather 3 sucks, so how did Sylvester Stallone get it right? I mean, maybe he didn't get it right. You know, I mean, we are we comparing apples and oranges? The first Rocky is, you know, Godfather-like, and it's, and it's, and it's uh, a great movie. It, it won Best Picture of the Year, and it deservedly so. It's a very interesting movie that nobody saw coming, and then, but The Godfather's Godfather, but yet it's still a classic movie that we can watch again and again and again. Godfather 2 is amazing in its movie and its quality and its and its um, newness in the way it, it, it's told, its storytelling, its directing. And then Rocky 2 isn't. You know, Rocky 2 then begins. Uh, they, they, did, they made these sequels in completely different fashions. Rocky 2 is the same. And that's why it's amazing that Godfather 2 is Godfather 2 because it's not the same. It's so not the same. They they did not they are not telling the same story. They are telling a completely continuation of a story, whereas Rocky Two is technically a continuation of a story, but it's the same. It's exactly just a retelling of Rocky One. This time he wins, and uh, spoiler alert. And then Rocky Three and Four just get stupid, and yet we buy into it a hundred times, maybe because we saw them when we were younger. Uh, question being, would Rocky Three and Four be? Obviously, they wouldn't work today, but I'm saying. If I was 40 or then, would I still enjoy it? Probably. They just made different kind of movies back then. But, you know, even though they're supposed to be serious movies, you know, if you do compare them to Godfather, it's interesting that they go completely in different directions, but yet they were just as successful, if not Oscar-worthy successful, they're just as successful financially as Godfather 2. And it's just... Uh, fascinating that Sylvester Stallone again we've talked about it before and then he comes up with Rambo 2 and like the, you know the guy and we talked about this when he wasn't um, nominated for uh, whatever it was oh for uh, Creed uh, you know the guy invents Creed you know he wrote it I, I, again you know he's a Sylvester Stallone is such the shit and if I ever got him on the show, I, I, it would be such an honor. He invents the character of Creed, which is still making movies, you know. And then he's he, he's not nominated, or or was he nominated? I, I don't remember. But it's just it's, he wrote it, you know. And then and they're still making movies about it. And then and then he and then he creates Rambo, Rocky and Rambo. They're American icons. This guy created them. Maybe he didn't create the character of Rambo, but he certainly did by just being in it and making the second and third, and and it's it's and the and the fourth, right? There's a fourth one too, right? Um, John Rambo. I mean, I know he keeps doing sequels, but let's face it. I mean, he is an American icon. He he's definitely, uh, you know, he doesn't seem too smart, but he obviously must be smart in some way. It's hard writing a script. He came up with all those characters himself somehow. It's pretty impressive. I dare anybody to write a movie script like that that's you know that's that has memorable characters and even memorable names that we use on a daily basis. That's tough to do. Everybody knows who Apollo Creed is. When you told me and that's 40 years later and we all know who Apollo Creed is. That's pretty cool. We even all know who Paulie is, you know. I don't know. It's pretty impressive. Uh, what else were we going to talk about today? I feel like there was other stuff. Um, I had something last week. I uh, was talking about, you know, they had the uh, 
the All Star game, and they're you know they're all talking about how to fix baseball and stuff, and they're saying there's too many home runs, there's too many home runs. Everybody loves home runs. What's the big deal if there's too many home runs? How is that a problem? Now they're talking about the baseballs. And then you know what they're talking about? Now baseball stinks, right? I mean, some people like it, but it, listen, we're all we like football. Football's the the shit, at least for now, until they uh, pussy it up too much. But football, we love, and the reason, I mean, how many times are you going to say it? The reason why football is great. Here's the reason why football is great. It's technically, you know, they're trying to ruin that too, once a week. And then in January, it's over. You know, you got one week in February, which is badass. And then it's just over until September. There's nothing going on. And baseball goes on forever. And hockey goes on forever. And basketball goes on forever. So it's not the treat that football is. There's only 16 games, technically. A couple more if you get lucky. And you just look forward to it like Christmas once a week. And with baseball, they're saying how to fix baseball. How to fix baseball? Why are you having so many games? Do we need almost 200 games? Is that necessary? You know, what? It just and, there's, and now they want to expand it. They want to do an expansion. They want to have more teams, which means more teams, less talent, and more boredom. So they're not, they want to have, they have 30 teams. They want to do 32. They're thinking of going to Montreal again, Charlotte, or Mexico City. And quite frankly, I think the best thing to do is to not expand, but compress, get rid of a couple of teams, I'm, you know, get rid of uh, what I had them, get rid of Tampa Bay. I mean, I like the Rays because I got friends that work there and I like the Rays and I like the stadium. They're looking for a new stadium. I was talking to the guy that works for the Rays. They're looking for a new stadium. They want to move maybe into the actual city of Tampa, uh, downtown Tampa, be it something like that because nobody shows up at those games. Nobody shows up at Miami. Derek Jeter and Michael Jordan, whoever's trying to buy the Miami Marlins, that's not going to help. Nobody cares. So why are you expanding? Fill up those stadiums first before you expand. So I say get rid of those teams. Just get rid of the Oakland A's. Nobody's going there. Nobody's, nobody seems to care. They clearly don't care about the stadium there. They're trying, they want to fix. Before they expand, they have to fix. They say they have to fix Tampa. And, uh, and the A's ballpark. Now, the A's ballpark has to be fixed because they play football in that same stadium. Now, again, why everybody needs new stadiums when, again, we're talking about this country is poor. There are a lot of poor people, but yet we keep making new stadiums. That's fucked up for baseball and for football. For football, is even more fucked up. Now, it's beautiful going to a great stadium and having a good time. But they only play eight games there a year. And they're spending $1 billion to play there. Now that's real fucked up thinking. I know we treat our football and sports players like, like we should. You know, they always say, you know, artists and writers, we should treat them better, whatever. But, or I don't know, whatever. But yeah. That's backwards thinking. You build a $1 billion stadium and, you know, that. how many people could that feed what you're talking about? Oh, everybody's poor. People are starved. People are out of work. 
And, you know, making a stadium is putting a couple people back to work, but it's not that much. And the people that were working at the old stadium are going to work in the new stadium, so you're not really finding new jobs. It's all bullshit. I say you get rid of Tampa Bay, you get rid of Oakland, you get rid of Miami, get rid of the Mets for all I care at this point. That way we can just all root for one team in New York. Get rid of the Colorado Rockies, nobody cares. And get rid of the San Diego Padres, they ain't going anywhere. San Diego's falling apart, they just lost their football team. Get rid of those teams. Put some major talent onto the other teams, and then and then and then talk about you know then get baseball back and and you know time the I mean it's just slow and boring and it sucks and nobody likes it and maybe although the World Series is kind of fun and the playoffs are a little fun, the regular season like hockey is just slow and painful and boring, and when and they start in the games and they're going until midnight or one a.m. on a Sunday night, you people suck. God, it would be great if nobody showed up, if nobody showed up and just made a statement. Let's face it. It's fun to go to the ballpark in the summer. It's fun. It's fun to go to a baseball game. It is fun. But uh, maybe it'd be more fun if you just had it, you know, once a week or twice a week or like, you know, on the weekends and then once on the weekday. 200 games. That's too much. And now you're thinking of expanding less talent can't believe hockey's expanding into Vegas. Now they're talking about moving the Oakland Raiders to Vegas, which is probably a good thing. I mean, Vegas should have had a a sporting team for a long time. I mean, that's what people love. I mean, how much fun would it go to Vegas? No, you can make a complete bet on the games while you're there. I mean, that's super fun. It's like going to the track. So that's super fun. And they should have had teams for a long time. But don't. why is hockey expanding? Hockey, out of all the sports, need to contract. They need to get, they don't, they're running out of talent. There's too many teams that nobody cares about. Are people going to Winnipeg Jets games? They didn't at first. Now they're back. I don't know about those Canadians. I mean, I know they're rabid for hockey in Canada, but do we need a, a hockey team in Phoenix or again, Tampa Bay or Florida Panthers? Why? Carolina Hurricanes. Do yeah. Yeah, let's get rid of Columbus. Let's get rid of the New York Islanders. They're through. They're miserable. Their fans are miserable. They have nowhere to play. Let's get rid of Carolina, even though Nashville almost won the Stanley Cup. Who's going? I mean, that that, that did look like people enjoyed it there a lot. So maybe San Jose, Arizona, all these places, they're all I don't know whether this fans during just the playoffs or whatever. I mean, you know I love the Devils, but I don't know how many people are showing up. I mean, I love the Devils, so I'm not going to say get rid of the Devils, but yeah, contract, make more talent in lesser games. It's it's very odd. I know it's all greediness and money, but um, it's not working. Expanding, it's, you know, and they're just talking about baseball. They're like, it's so slow, it's boring, it's dull, we need timing. Because people, you know, we're used to the thrill of football and basketball is the clock is in your face, you know, and there's a time factor, and that is exciting. And baseball was never supposed to be like that because it was a summer game and it was more casual. But times have changed. Now they have instant replay, and they're trying to compete with the other sports. And, you know, baseball used to be number one, and now I would say it's number three. I'd say it's uh, football, basketball, then baseball, and hockey always lasts. Although you got to say the hockey playoffs are still very exciting. Well... I think uh, something. Oh, one last thing before we uh, kind of call it a day. Uh, OJ's 
uh, going to be out on parole. Let me tell you about excitement that we're going to have for a little bit. OJ will be back live on television Thursday for his latest parole hearing in Nevada. I thought it was going to be in October, but it's happening Thursday at 1 p.m. ESPN is going to be carrying it. I mean, that's going to be great. We, It's so funny. Who's not excited for that? OJ is such a bag of shit, but he's so nervous that his parole, he didn't want it on TV. He doesn't want the circus. He obviously wants to be quiet, but what are you going to do? The people are starving. We haven't had something like that in a long time, and he's still the number one, you know, idiot, which, you know, we all remember, if you're old enough, the, where we were as when Kennedy was shot, you know, when they announced the uh, O.J. verdict. I mean, it's still, I still remember it. I, You know, I was just watching at my house, but I was at home, and I made sure I was home. I think I might have taken off work that day to make sure I was there for this money. This moment. I don't think I was working then. I think I was doing comedy, so I was home in the afternoon. But, geez, you know. How exciting was that? People going crazy. And now here he is up for parole, which technically, if he was up for parole for the murder, I would say, you know, let him rot in jail. But he's only up on parole for whatever stupid, idiotic nonsense he did after, which was, I said, kidnapping and, you know, thievery or whatever, you know, it's all, whatever whatever he was doing. Uh, I'm looking for, uh, it doesn't. Yeah, he was sentenced to, for armed robbery and kidnapping and a plot to steal sports memorabilia because he's so fucking stupid. Uh, I understand not wanting to leave the country after you get off of the murder because you, you're trying to convince yourself, like, no, then I'll look really guilty when he should have just waited a year and then left the country. Um, but then, wow, he must be the most stupidest person on the planet to, to even be in a situation where you could possibly go back to jail once you have beaten all the odds and the fact that you would ever even pick up a gun of any kind even a bb gun you are the stupidest man and technically you should rot in jail but isn't there a piece of all of us that kind of wants to see him get out and see what he does see what he does with his second chance at freedom and where he's gonna go i mean he's gonna have to sequester himself in a house somewhere where is he gonna go He's obviously going to go back on the golf course again, um, but he's 70 years old. Where does he go after that? I mean, you have to be interested. You almost want him to be brought up on parole, and technically, why shouldn't he be brought up on parole? He really didn't do that much. In this particular case, I'm saying we know he killed two people, but I'm saying that's not what he's up on parole for. And you, always, you know, you, gotta, you can't look at the backstory. You have to look at what happened and how he's been a, a prisoner, and, you know, that's the way it is. Um, the guy that shot John Lennon, always comes up for parole and Yoko's always there. And he's like, no, no, do not let that. I can't believe that the guy that took a shot at Ronald Reagan is, is out on parole and living with his mother. I still want you shoot at a president. You, that's it. You should be either executed or in jail for life. I can't believe that guy is out. But the, the Lennon, uh, Mark David Chapman, not only does he always come up for parole, but he's always denied. And Yoko's going to make sure of that as long as she's alive and can't blame her. But his album that he got John Lennon to sign five hours before he was assassinated just sold for $1.5 million. It's one of the most gruesome artifacts of rock history, and it's up for sale. Nobody's bought it yet. And, uh, but it's signed by John. I mean, it is. It's a morose, morbid piece of, unfortunately, rock and roll history. I mean, 
that's that's the thing. What do you, it is right in every way. It's signed by John Levin, but it, it so it's 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 they call it. It's been described as the most extraordinary artifact in rock and roll history. It's been sold a number of times, and uh, now somebody's putting it up. Nobody knows who the seller is, but they say it's an important piece of music memorabilia as well as a major part of history. It's a fact. It's a a morbid piece. I I would never want it. I'd never want to own it. I wouldn't want to be the person to sell it. I want to know nothing about it. it. It bothers me thinking that somebody's going to buy it. But it is a part of history, of history and rock and roll history, and it's a bummer that it is, and it sucks. And I I wish it didn't exist, but it does. And people are always going to bid for that kind of stuff. But we cannot deny it is a part of history. And uh, I don't know. And this OJ thing, well, that's going to be historical no matter what happens. Uh, You know, whether he goes back in or, you know, as soon as he comes up for parole again, it's always going to be historic. But I wonder if he gets out. I mean, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? If he's done his... I don't know what the sentence was. Maybe it says. Let's see. Um, sentenced. Uh, he was uh, sentenced to nine to thirty-three years for armed robbery and kidnapping. So maybe um, he was just sentenced in twenty thirteen. Wait, was sentenced in twenty thirteen. That was only four years ago. I didn't know it was that. I thought it was a while ago. Uh, maybe I'm. Maybe that's wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I think I'm definitely going to be watching Thursday along with everybody else, right? I mean, how are you not? How are you not watching that? Listen, everybody. I think that's the end of the show today. I uh, I hope everybody's having a good summer. My summer's awkward. I don't know what's going to happen. I'll keep you posted with everything. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, uh, we could have a very good summer of guests coming up if I just get my shit together. That's all on me, and I'm sorry, and I apologize. I uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll uh, have some very interesting guests in the next couple of weeks. And I'm sorry I was a little off today, although I think we had a pretty good time, notwithstanding. Uh, my circumstances, and I appreciate you for letting me talk to you for an hour and somewhat to uh, maybe get stuff off my chest and 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 have a little little therapy session with us and a delightful time talking to you guys as I do every week on the Dave Juskow Show that continues all summer long for now and forever until we decide we've all had enough. So thank you so much, and I have a great week, everybody. A great week. Looks like the weather, at least on the East Coast, is going to be quite nice, and we deserve it. And I'll see you next time on the Dave Juskow Show. Good night, everybody.